music, you know it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball. And today we are going to be joined in a few minutes by none other than our co-host, Craig Kashan. And I'm really looking forward to talking to Craig because not really. The Cubs just got their ass kicked by, can I say that? Yeah, they got their butts kicked by the Brewers. So Craig will be in a good mood. I'm in a bad mood. And uh, I'm in a good mood for the Royals. So we got a lot to talk about. We made our predictions before the season started. Now we're three weeks in, not even a sixth of the way into the season, but it's going to be fun and exciting to talk to Craig, and we're looking forward to that on Spotify, iTunes, and on SoundCloud. Uh, and some people have asked me if they're going to have to pay for the show. It's exactly what the show is worth, and no, you don't have to pay for anything. It's free. There are going to be, apparently, iPods uh, or uh, podcasts that you can charge for. This will not be one of them. And because the content is, you know, so exceptional, I think you're going to all get a bargain. Now you're going to get an even bigger bargain because this is going to be uh, uh, contrasted with those podcasts that uh, you have to pay for. So I uh, got a lot of favorable feedback for Bob Kendrick on the Negro League Museum. And uh, we're going to try to get Bob back here in another couple of weeks after the Kansas City Monarchs start their independent league uh, season. And uh, we're going to go down to the Negro League Museums, try to get a uh, podcast with him. We're going to uh, go live at Papakino's, although Papakino doesn't know that yet. My good buddy Chris, I'm sure he'll welcome the opportunity to have a live podcast there. That'll be fun. And, uh, you know, I was ready to do a little play-by-play -play out in Baxter Springs at the Baxter Springs Little League uh opening day but uh you know what the microphone speakers weren't working so good and i thought about my union agreement and i thought eh, i'm gonna wait and uh and wait until the time was better to broadcast some uh, kids baseball but that was exciting t-ball literally good to be back in uh, rural america and let me tell you it doesn't get any more rural than baxter springs we had a fun filled day we looked at baseball cards and let me tell you uh uh, my buddy's uh, sister uh, had a death in her family, unfortunately, and uh, uh, he had a lot of baseball cards that he left in, uh, you know, uh, some organized state, I guess, charitably speaking. Anyway, there were uncut sheets of, uh, of cards, and so... Uh, my buddy's going to organize those and we're going to look at them and see what we can do. But in the meantime, uh, we're going to pause a little music and then we're going to listen to uh, uh, Craig and me. So just hold the phone and we'll get Craig Kashan in just a minute. Hey, everybody, we are back on the most listened to podcast in the history of all sports podcasts right here on the lighter side of baseball. And it's even more so the case when we have Craig Kashan, the star of the Milwaukee Brewers and the Milwaukee Bucks broadcast team. Man, I got to see Craig in action a couple of weeks ago. Time flies. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Our our uh, our team is doing well, so that's keeping me happy. And blah, um, blah, blah. Let's we can just about... keep we can just keep playing the Chicago Cubs. I think you know we might win a World Series here at this rate. I'll tell you what. I, I did a podcast after uh, right before we went to Milwaukee and spent the day with you, which was great. Craig is such a he spoils me now. You know, it should be the other way around. I should spoil Craig, but he gets me, you know, press credentials. And, and in this COVID time, I can stay away. I put my press pass on and people leave me alone. No food in the press box. That wasn't so good. Has that changed? Um, 
it has, but it's it's like a box lunch, so it's really nothing. Yeah. So we got yeah. a couple. We got some sausages, and they were pretty mediocre. But you know, as the season goes on, I'm looking forward to better food at the ballpark. So, yeah, I guess you want to talk about the Cubs. Go ahead. I'd rather talk about the Brewers. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, they came today with his wet and humor. Yeah, there's nothing to talk about the Cubs, but how about the Brewers kicking the Cubs' ass? And oh, by the way, the MVP wasn't even playing. He's on the DL, right? Mr. Yelich? Yeah, I mean, Yelich is on the DL. Kane's on the DL. Um, Colton Wong was on the, well, we call it the IL, I guess now, technically. Um, and he was on right before, until right before the Chicago series. Uh, a couple of our starting pitchers ended up going on. I mean, it's, I guess it's that time of year. You're about three weeks in and um, uh, survival of the fittest already in April. I don't know if that's a good sign for everybody, but there, there's a lot of people across baseball that are banged up. But the good news is it's, um, you know, they still have this um, same uh, setup with their next level of um, players that are ready to go to the to the. Uh, uh, majors basically it's the rest of their 40-man roster at the and they're at this alternate training site and and that's helped out because when you're on the road you can you can actually uh take i don't know three four five players with you um they can't they can't play obviously and, and dress unless somebody gets hurt uh or goes on the injured list or gets sent down but it's the taxi squad and I don't know if that'll continue uh, all season long or or how that's going to work because minor league baseball doesn't start till I think May fourth, um, which is pretty late, obviously, in, on regular terms. But um, you know, everybody's depth is being tested right now. That's for sure. Yeah, the taxi squad—that was a term you made famous in football way back when because baseball, you know, didn't need a taxi squad. I don't know how the options work when they bring guys up and send them back. I don't know if that rule is still in effect, and I don't understand the option rule anyway, but even if I did, I wouldn't want to talk about it. What do you think is the reason that the Chicago Cubs have such an anemic offense? Well, because uh, they don't have enough good players surrounding their core of people that won them a World Series right now. I mean, and, and you know, there are... There, a uh, high level of, uh, or high number, I should say, of players who who still aren't living up to, you know, their with what we call the media guide numbers, and and that's just not with the Cubs. That's with you know, I mean, with the Brewers have players. It's the same way. Um, yeah, Jackie Bradley Jr. is not really off to a hot start. No, I mean not at all, not at all. And um, you know, guy, guys have gone in. Um, and, and your Cub guys have have gone in, in bunches in the same way. I mean, really, if I remember right, just looking at the books, uh, Happ and Baez aren't doing much except maybe hitting a home run or two. Um, and and Chris Bryant's the only guy right now that has any consistency to him. He's got numbers and he's got his batting average over 300. So, you know, there, but there's few guys like that on, on just about every team you're expecting at this point. Well, they've played a little more than 20 games. In three games, they scored 14 runs. In the other 17 or 18, they've scored less than five, probably three, and haven't gotten very many hits. The, um, you know, it's like, well, the Brewers are getting production from McKinney, and they're getting production from Shaw, and they're getting production from their catcher. 
and I haven't really, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to watch. Now we communicated the only game the Cubs won in this last set at Wrigley, the starter went an inning or not even an inning. He got 11 pitches. Yeah. And they brought in a guy who was cold and and the pressure is always on where a starting pitcher, as you know, goes out to the bullpen and starts to stretch and play long toss 45 minutes before the game. So they bring in a guy, they tell me has all the time in the world, but he doesn't have all the time in the world. He's kidding. Never. Come on, buddy. We got it. We got to get going. We got five minutes. Let's go. He got lit up, Lindblad or Lou Bloom or whoever. Bloom, yeah. And yeah. then they bring in a center fielder who the Cubs got juicy on. So big deal. And then the next day they go back to hide and seek, get three hits, four hits. And then yesterday they're shut out through eight. And then you guys bomb them in the ninth. And, you know, Kimbrell was, I don't think Kimbrell came back in. He was probably going to come back in. Anyway. They are, the Cubs are six losses in the first nine games with the Brewers. I won't see them again until the uh, June. But how are your predictions holding up? That was our last show. The Brewers, you predicted them. Of course, that's no brand. I think the Central is pretty, pretty close. Although Pittsburgh is right in the middle of the pack. But I mean, no one's running away with anything yet anyway i mean i'm i'm a um i think the thing that with the brewers is i don't want to say that i'm surprised by their success i think that i'm i'm um very happy that the starting pitching is living up to its hype because that doesn't happen very often when you when you you know assemble a team and you're going through this development you know over the last couple of years that these guys are living up to their to their hype and and they certainly are right now which is a pretty cool thing to see so they're playing good ba- the this i've got two surprises in in our in my predictions i'm surprised that the pirates are doing as well although after watching them play the cubs i figured if the more teams play the cubs the better their record's going to be and i'm surprised how the cardinals aren't doing better with the lineup that they've got and I'm not surprised at the Brewers. They're good. I'm not surprised at the uh, Cubs. They're bad. And so you're right. In our division, it's it's kind of eh. – in the East, it's kind of yuckier than eh. – and then in the West, it's like we figured the Dodgers and the Padres. Yeah. Yeah. And and think about this, too. The, the Padres and the Dodgers have played nine times. The Cubs and the Brewers have played nine times. And and the winners of those series are are clearly in first place right now, but they're now they're not going to see each other for a while. So so let's see how this all plays out. You know, like the the Brewers are finally getting somebody out of the division coming in. They've got the Marlins coming in for three, and then they've got the Dodgers coming in for four game series to to wrap up this uh, this week, and that's going to be something to watch because right now probably the two best starting pitching staffs in all of baseball are going to go head to head. You know, we, we might have an hour and 50 minute game, a one, nothing. Don't get carried away. <laughs> because the, the length of games is still ridiculous. Even we were at three hours yesterday and it was one, nothing in the top of the ninth inning. So there you go. Yeah. And okay. So they have two and a half minutes for commercials, pitching changes, you know, you got that. 
you got Fernando Tatis peeking back at a sign. Big frigging deal. I mean, yeah. you've got Bauer, who I think is a dog, and he's been hot-dogging it forever. Contreras, you know the deal with him, and that's all you know, in the Bauer book. That's fine, but boy, if you peek, we're going to start headhunting. Right. Throw Bauer out for 10 games. He said something nasty. That the Whoever's in charge of punishment in uh, – in the MLB, and I'm sure the Brewers were delighted, but the Cubs got, you know, that was so stupid. They throw behind, you know, one of your starting pitchers. He missed him by 12 feet. 16 guys have gotten beamed by your, by your headhunting pitching staff. And, <laughs> it's suspended. and uh, Craig Council goes on, you know, no smile. Uh, you know, true Cub fan, you Brewers are mean. <laughs> mean, mean, mean. <laughs> I mean, and we're only about, 21 games in, man. Uh, how about Look like, out. Here's another deal. Bumgarner throws a no-hitter. That, that's the third of the year. Musgrove, either Rondon or Giolito. I can't, I can't keep them straight. And then Bumgarner. And the Major League Baseball has the audacity to say, let's well, really a no-hitter. Give me a break. What do you think of that? Well, I think it I think it's really interesting. I um that was eye popping to me last year when when they said um it's not going to be considered a no-hitter, but everything else according to the rules is in place for a seven inning game. So where's the logic there? Where's the logic? There there is no logic to that. Um I think having called several games that have gone no hit into the seventh inning in my 20 years in baseball, it gets pretty damn exciting in the sixth inning. It gets pretty damn exciting after five when you start thinking about it. Now you get through six, then you get in the seventh inning. You're like, holy moly, you know, he's only got two innings left of, of doing something pretty great. But if you're, if it's a seven inning game, it's a seven inning game. It should be a no hitter. Um, if, if those are the adjusted rules, you can't you can't take something away from from uh, a game like that. I, I just I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't. You know, I talked about it a little bit before, and and here's the interesting thing: if you go to the box score from yesterday's game with Bumgarner, and that's what I was fiddling around here. I wasn't trying to come up with a question to stump you. It shows that Freddie Freeman got a hit. Now, I don't know why. That has not been changed. But if you look at the line score, it's Atlanta 0-1-2 and two for the game against Bumgardner. If you go to Bumgardner's statistics and the box score I'm looking at, um, it, it shows, I don't know what it shows, but maybe I'm looking at the wrong stuff. Well, well the, the first game of that doubleheader was a one-hit shutout. So they got one hit in two games? Correct. Baseball, love but, it. But the, so the game one was five nothing, one one hit shutout. Game two is seven nothing, no hits. So you may be under the wrong game. You know, it's hard to believe that I could make that kind of mistake, being as rock solid as I am now, as I approach my seventy first birthday. But you folks, once again, our co-host is right. That's exactly what I was doing, and I not only did it. I've done that six times and I'm going, wait a minute. Did the official score change something? I was looking at the wrong game. Yeah. Uh, anyway. That, so that, and that's kind of crazy, isn't it? You got, so Atlanta's the home team. They're in their own home ballpark. They're ha 
they've got this doubleheader and they get one hit the whole dang day. That's you know it. Who they should call. They should have called some of the Astros to figure out how to steal the signs because obviously they couldn't. Ooh. They weren't listen, doing anything. The right listen way. to the beat of that drum. Oh man, I tell you what. So that's right. How do you have a hitting streak go on, but you don't have a no hitter? How do you, you know, report 10 strikeouts, but your no hitter doesn't count? So right. I guess we've beaten that dead horse. What but um, it, you know, it just it's we're we're in weird times. And and you know, I, I think, you know, beyond that, just to just to kind of continue the conversation and then end it. I, I'm really going to be curious to see if this uh, seven inning doubleheader stays on forever. If that's something they're going to, to going to negotiate, you know, with, uh, with their new uh, collective bargaining agreement for next year, I, that's going to be a curious one to see that. And of course the runner at, uh, at second to start the extra innings, there's a few things on the table. You're, you know, it's amazing, folks. You know, Craig and I have been doing these on and off for three years. He reads my mind. He reads my mind. But he, he tactfully, diplomatically wades into these little controversial subjects and then wants to end the conversation. The fact that they're playing 162 games and that they have seven inning doubleheaders is Bush League. Now, I'll pick up on a comment that Craig made before while I was moaning and groaning to him texting during a game after the Cubs got screwed by the runner on second, the 10th inning deal. Why not have every game? What Craig, Craig's comment was put a runner on second base in the seventh inning and let's get, let's end some of these games. That'd be great. You know, maybe we get two hours in seven inning double headers with 162 game schedule uh, with your alternate site taxi squad is absolute crap. But, you know, what do you expect from this group that's running baseball? And then the fact that the runner on second base, come on. What there's, is there, if there's a COVID problem, don't let the fans in. You can't have it. You can't have it both ways. Either it's not safe for the players or it is. They decided, well, we can, we can work around that. And, last year the race for the money now they decided that they can play everywhere all the time so go why they i don't get the is this something that the players wanted or the owners wanted i don't who wants seven innings i do well why not make them all seven innings well that would be fine with me too because we're already there for three hours we're three hours in in the seventh inning and as soon as that first beautiful word comes out of your mouth you get paid you don't care how much longer i'm Dude, just go seven innings i'm yeah. giving madison Baumgartner no hitter right now so That's the first thing i'm gonna do we i agree and i no kidding and i'm gonna go back and erase whoever the other pitcher was and give him a no hitter why, why not? not exactly <laughs> so i don't mind these adjusted rules i i don't mind these adjusted rules but again I think that they should, if you're going to do this for, for two seasons, then I think you have to continue to do it. I, I do. Okay. Let's so. go through. I was with, I'll drop a name of, he's not really a celebrity, but he was president of the hall of fame for 15 years. And, and so uh, we were down in Baxter Springs, Kansas for opening day of the Baxter Springs little league uh, yesterday and Saturday ceremony was Saturday. Yesterday we, 
managed to play a little golf. But the uh, Baxter Springs Little League opener was attended by Jeff Idelson and Gene Fruth, the, the uh, noted photographer. Oh, nice. They were, in, they were filming all the kids, doing all that good stuff. And so, you know, and this, there were two T-ball games and a Little League game and about an hour in between all these things. So we're there from four in the afternoon until like 10 at night. Get a little chilly out there, but and the hot dogs were better than Miller Park. But anyway, so I'm talking to Jeff Idelson a little bit. And you know me. I mean, I can out talk any. That doesn't matter. It could be Willie Mays. And I think by the time Willie spent 20 minutes with me, he'd be looking for the going to the bathroom or going somewhere. <laughs> anyway, so we start talking about the rule changes. And Idelson goes, well, in each different division of minor leagues, they're going to have a different new rule like uh in one league they're going to use the the bigger bases so that instead of 90 feet it'll be 89 and a half feet and in another league they're going to have four guys on the dirt infield so you can't have a uh you know your roving short uh like in softball and then in another league they're going to have you gotta have two guys on the dirt on each side of second base and in another league they're going to have robo umps and in a Another league, they're going to have the pitcher throw from 61 feet, six inches. Yeah. Yeah. Number one, pitcher gets hurt. Not a good deal. Number yeah. two, you know, he cut, he's throwing 61 feet and then he comes, gets called up to the next league. And it's not that, but he spent four months throwing it. I don't know. I think there, I'm on the opposite side of you. I think the only thing I'm now coming around to is RoboCops and speed up the game. Does anybody want to speed up the game? Is there too much gambling in the game? I, I'm very troubled by all this, Craig. Obviously, because that was that was quite a laundry list of, uh, of things that are going to become an epidemic in baseball. But I, I will say this. I'm not I'm not um, I don't think that you need to use the minor leagues to test any of the things that they're going that you just mentioned. Um, I don't know why we need a bigger base. Um, they don't need to test uh, putting um, people in the infield in the spots that were created for them. Um, they, they certainly don't need to mess around with the, the pitcher's mound distance. That, that is baffling to me because you're right. If, if, if somebody's excelling through the, the minor leagues, look, I've, I've called a lot of games come uh, July or August or early September where a guy jumps in out of the bullpen and you're like, who's this? And you look up his bio. Well, he started this year at high A, got promoted to double A because he didn't allow any hits, got to triple A and mopped up there and deserved the promotion. But the whole time he's pitching a foot further away and now he's got to pitch a foot further in. That doesn't make any sense to me. And, and it does you would think it would risk injury. I, I can't imagine, you know, uh, doctors and athletic trainers that, you know, help run the shows of all these clubs would think that's a good idea. So that kind of stuff is, is, I don't know if it's, um, if it's for show at this point, uh, or, or optics, uh, or, or what it is, but, you know, the very few things that are done at the major league level, I mean, they, they don't even compare to that. So, 
you know, to me, the biggest thing they've done to Major League Glover are the two things we're talking about, uh, seven inning double headers and, and extra innings with the guy at second base. Yeah. I mean, I get that, but the other stuff, I, I don't know what they're prepping for. I mean, they, and they could have sped up the game by now if they wanted to, and, well, and they haven't done it. So they're, right. they're not going to do it. And I think if somebody listened to me over the last couple of years and, and, and listened today, they would say, well, wait a minute, you, you want quicker games or seven inning games. So I guess I'd just as soon have seven inning games that last two hours. That would be spectacular. In other words, they ought to go back and analyze the time that when they get to the seventh inning, how much time, and that ought to be the new time limit. So that, you know, I don't know how that, I guess I can go back and look if I can find the right box score to see how long it took Bumgarner's no hitter in a seven inning game. What do you think? You know that I don't know. I would, I would think that uh, it probably was well over two hours. I, I would say, although double headers seem to actually go fast for some odd reason, they're usually in the two 15 to two and a half hour mark. Uh, but I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't look. Look, folks, he's not. I can't trust you to look at the right box score out of that doubleheader anyway. So even being critical of his co-host, he's not a he's not a seasoned wonder sportscaster for nothing. This guy knows his trade. Two hours and eleven minutes for the Bumgardner no hitter. And now that Craig told me it was a doubleheader, I can go back and look at the one hit game and wonder why they didn't change that. And that was two hours and 10 minutes. So Perfect. yeah, seven inning games, you, you won me over. Do not play anything other than seven inning games. I think that'd be great. And if you got to go extra innings, start a guy at third. Why keep the suspense at second? Just get him at third or bases loaded. Let's have a variety. How about every inning it goes into X, like in the 10th, you can do a runner on second and the 11th runner on second and third, 12th bases loaded. What do you think of that? I like that idea. Huh? I, I'm all for starting at, at second base in the 10th. Or not. Hey, for, first and second in the 11th. Bases loaded in the 12th. Game over. Bingo. I, I, I'm going to call Mr. Manfred. and uh, So let me tell you about Baxter Springs. So, so Wayne Metcalf was interviewed by Idelson and his, his co- Grassroots of Baseball, great organization. They're doing a book on Route 66, and they got um, Donnie Betch for the Oklahoma deal, the, the baseball that he grew up in, and Banger, Oklahoma, went right to Route 66, and they got different people. Brett's doing California. And the other book that they wrote is great. So they show up for a week in Baxter, and I don't know what you're doing in Baxter for a week, uh, and I didn't ask Jeff. I'd never met him before. He did a podcast for, you know, a bit. And um, nice guy throughout the first pitch. Uh, and uh, I think he he loved it. But here's this little bitty town. And it, i tell you what. It was every bit as fun to watch these kids play t-ball. More fun than watching the Cubs. Way more fun. And the <laughs> hot dog was better than Wrigley. So, there so you now, now, how did you wind up down there? I guess is going to be my question. Is one of your grandkids part of that? No, um, a, a good buddy of mine that I play golf with is the son of Wayne Metcalf, and Wayne Metcalf is uh, he's eighty four. He's a barber in Baxter Springs and has been forever. 
and he has been the president of Baxter Springs Little League for 50 years. And they were going to have a parade honoring him, but COVID took over. So opening day, Jeff Idelson, the Hall of Fame president, and his friend, the photographer, uh, go down for opening day. And so um, my buddy said, you know, you did a podcast with dad and with Idelson. Why don't you, would you be interested in coming down? And he, his dad started a little museum. And Mickey Mantle played for, for the Baxter baseball team. Mantle was on that amateur team from, even though he was from Commerce, Oklahoma, it was only about 10 miles from Baxter's on the border on, on Route 66 is the allure for this new book. So gotcha. that's, so Kay and I go down there and we, um, uh, his dad still cuts the grass, 84. He cuts the grass, lines the field, and in between games, he gets the drag and drags the infield with nobody helping him. So unbelievable. It, it's unbelievable. And so we did that. And then he, he built a museum and he's got stuff signed by Mantle. He's got, apparently there are four women that have umpired the little league world series and they all started in Baxter. So they've got, you know, going back as long as Mantle played, they've got flags from the little league world series. He was an international world series guy. He was head of the, some section of the interesting guy. So that was the deal. And we went down, saw this beautiful field. It seats, they can seat 5,000 people. Holy the permanent man. seating seats about 3,000. And he said they bring in flatbed trucks with risers on it when they have a big tournament going on. Wow. It's nicer than some of the minor league fields I used to hang out at. So anyway, it was- That's cool. way cool. And then we, uh, we went to Chicken Annie's for uh, for lunch the next day, and then uh, Wayne headed to the Wayne and his wife Mary headed to the casino, and uh, we drove back to Kansas City. So that was it. Great baseball, but, you know. It's just uh, little league kids throwing the ball pretty good, playing pretty good. So it was fun. Beat the Cubs. They won. Well, yeah, I, I miss the days of uh, yeah, and I know you have you have boys too and stuff, and just the just the little league baseball, you know, I was talking to my wife about it the other day and, you know, we, we seem to be in this um, era with our boys being in their late teens, early twenties. Now when they were kids and, and little league baseball still like we, we built a complex in our, in our town in Verona. Um, and it was, it was strictly for little league purposes. We had, you know, uh, brick backstops. I mean, it was a, you know, highly sponsored, beautiful place, concession stand, you know, the flags, uh, everything. And it seemed like right after it opened, it, all of a sudden these, um, you know, these club teams came along that didn't want the affiliation with Little League because uh, everybody got to play uh, and they, they wanted, you know, all the elite players to be on one team and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, and you know how it goes. It's a, it's a general complaint of parents one way or the other. And, um, and we stuck with the, with the little league portion of it while they were still young and, uh, they still played high school baseball and stuff. I mean, it didn't, didn't disrupt where they were going, but it was kind of cool to be part of the, that tradition, and we did, you know, formal ceremonial opening days. You know, I, I hosted a lot of those when the kids were young and, 
it was a, it was a lot of fun. I mean, those are those are times to cherish because you can go to the ballpark at Wrigley anytime you want, but you don't get those days back. Uh, and so I, I can imagine your weekend was pretty cool. It was uh, it was very cool, and you're exactly right. The uh, the the travel team, the club team. Um, they don't have limits on, pitch, on numbers of pitches a kid can throw. So a kid can pitch in Little League one day and then go out on a traveling team and hurt himself. But the whole idea that I think is crazy, uh, my idea that with these travel teams and everything is, uh, and, and what you said hit about, we all, you and me and every other guy from Ted Williams to Willie Mays to Davey Nelson, we all retire from baseball. Now, some of us retire in Little League, some of us retire in high school, some of us retire in college. But the way these teams, these travel teams are, they act like uh, there is nothing more important than getting, draining the talent from these teams so that somebody's ego wins out. And it's not a developmental program. Very, very, very few people from Kansas City get into um professional baseball or football or basketball. And so are they doing it because they think they can get a division one scholarship? How many, I, I just, it's a, it's like guys on second base in, in extra innings. It's kind of irritating. <laughs> well, yes to all of those questions because every, everyone's in it for that. Everyone's in it for that. And, and so they're, they're, they're thinking because they're there, they have a better chance to develop into somebody um, that is going to be that one lucky guy to make it. And yeah. Hey, you know what? God bless him. You right. know, I've, I've no problem with that at all. And I, I really don't, you can do that, but I also want to preserve what we know is the little league. That's for sure. I totally, totally agree. Hey, I'm changing the subject. And we, I just brought up his name. Hard to believe, isn't it? That, uh, three years has gone by since our good friend departed. Yeah. Yeah, I know. A um, lot of people on uh, Facebook uh, posted that they missed Miss Davy, and um, I did it the last two years. I, I didn't do anything this year because um, it's it's all the same to me. Uh, it I missed the heck out of them, and and I've got you know I've got my little shrine here in my condo uh, with the wine bottle and the and a picture Davy the last time he and I were out publicly together and um you know it's all good there's there's great memories of him and I, I think the coolest thing is that everybody's I just love hearing everybody's stories that are all so similar of him being you consider you a best friend you consider him a best friend um and and just the sincerity of people's thoughts you know, in one paragraph, they're so sincere, you know, he was a fun loving dude, but he was also the best dude in the world. So, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, I try to stay away from Facebook, but friends of mine would come up to me and comment, Hey man, you know, I, I, I saw on Facebook, it's been three years since, you know, Davey passed away and, and I'm going, yeah, yeah, I know. And, and I said, well, how do you remember? He goes, oh, it's all over Facebook or it's all over whatever. Yeah. And um, no, it, it, as, as with you, I look around my office and, you know, I've got this. And of course, uh, whenever I talk to anybody that's in baseball, 
within 30 seconds, Nelly comes up, you know, I, yeah. I bring him up. It's not any other reason, but I, I laughed at, uh, when you and I were hanging out at Miller Park slash American Family Field, Woody, who was a, you know, just an, a, a guy that was always around and, and a fan and uh, somebody that I met through the golf tournaments probably that they've had, you know, comes up and starts talking to me about the Ted Williams book and the, you know, little one page that Nellie talked about or was quoted in. And it's just everybody uh you know loved him and missed him and you know what else do you say yeah well you know um you know what the cool thing about i don't know if it's cool or what it is it's it's also unusual but i mean you know his facebook page is is still active um and there's there's no one there to shut it down i mean he is obviously passed on but people still post on it and and that's how those those posts get all of a sudden his day comes and, and a lot of those posts are coming through his Facebook because they're just instantly shared. So, <laughs> you know, through, I don't know if that's all technology, if that's good or bad, but. Um, I don't have a friend of me, so I don't get to see his Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it's too late to change that. <laughs> the, uh, so. My but the, the guy went down with the first place we stopped was his sister's and her husband had um, unfortunately recently passed away and he collected cards, sports cards. And so she had asked Dave, her brother, to come down and kind of look to see if there was anything special. And Dave asked me, you know, that's I love that stuff. He had he had these tubes of uncut baseball cards from 90, 91, 92. So there's a rookie. Griffey card in these uncut sheets. And I, I've seen these sheets at shows and I knew they existed, and uh, but I'd never really messed around with one before. So we got to do that and then look through some of his cards. And I go, you just, you know, I, I know a few guys that'll come down and, and evaluate this stuff or at least give you an idea of what, whether it's worth 5,000 or 100,000. And, um, so um, and he's got notebooks like you know a lot of people do, and I'm looking through, and it was a 1969 tops, and and I go, there's Nelly. <laughs> I what's yeah. it worth? And he's on his Google. He goes, mint condition. It's worth 130 dollars. I go, bull crap. It's <laughs> got a hundred of those. I'm saying this is good, but you never find a perfect card with these collectors. There's always something wrong with it. But uh, yeah. Other than that, you got the Bucks, you got the Brewers. Which are you doing more of? Uh, pretty, pretty evenly. We're, you know, NBA season is um, the regular season wraps up the third week of May, so we still got a ways to go. And um, you know, the Bucks are very competitive. I mean, they're the top three in the in the East. So I don't know how long our season is going to go. I mean, they could they could easily go until. July of this back and forth between the two teams and stuff. So, um, so, but it's been good. I mean, it's, you think about it this way, there are, there are far two worse teams to cover at the same time than the Bucks and the Brewers right now. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. So, I, I just wish we could get more people in, uh, in the stadium and, and in the arena and stuff, because, um, you know, people deserve to see these guys in action. And, you know, at some point we got to, we got to turn a bigger corner here. We've kind of, I think we plateaued in how many people were letting in 
to watch these uh, live venues and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm hoping it'll turn soon. And I certainly don't want to get on a, on a COVID soapbox because I'm sick of it. So are the brewers uh, maxing out on their, on their crowds? Cause I know the Royals are not the Cubs are. Oh yeah. I, I, <clears throat> I mean, there's only like 11 or 12,000 in there. So um you know, that's, that's, they would, they would draw 20,000. Uh, like uh, if this was a typical Monday, April 26th and the Miami Marlins were coming in with no appeal uh, on a Monday night, um, they'd still get 20 to 25,000. So I can't imagine there's not going to be 12,000 people there tonight. You know, do you see where uh, San Francisco is having a section of people without socially distancing them that can prove they were vaccinated twice? Is that what that was? Because I, I noticed that yesterday when I watched the highlights of that. Uh, I did notice there were a lot of ballparks that have quite, a, that are, uh, their capacities much higher than what Wrigley's allowing, what American Family Field is allowing. And I've looked up attendances and there are a lot of, lot of places that are at least 20,000 right now. And we're, I think our clubs are stuck at 11 or 12. Well, and the good news from the Cubs standpoint is they go now, they, they started out homestand to homestand. And then they, they said, now we're going to do it for a whole month at a time. So you can, you can bid on, you can get into the lottery for all the homestand of May. Or, and here's the beauty of it, or you can get a credit or you can get a refund. If you want a refund, it'll be for the whole month. I go, done. Send me my money. Thank you. The last thing I want to go do is watch a four-hour game with three hits when I can go watch Baxter Springs Little League again. Give me that. Give me anything. But and you're you're long. living a luxurious life when you got an alternative like that. I'll tell you what, it's nice to have options, as you've said before. Yes, yes. So if I was gonna pick one player to see, would it be Right now, who would you pay to see on the Brewers? McKinney or Woodruff or your which which guy? If I could go to one game for one reason, who would I want to go pay to see? Um, Corbin Burns, who's pitching tonight. Um, he has pitched four games, four starts, forty strikeouts, no walks. That has not been done since 1893, uh, whether to start a season or at any four game stretch during a season. So that's, I don't even know whose company he'd be keeping at that point because they never named the pitcher from 1893. They just said it hasn't been done. So perhaps baseball officially started that year. Maybe that's their point. Um, but he is uh, spectacular right now. Uh, his ERA is uh, 0.34, I believe, in his four starts. And um, he's just magic to watch on the mound. He, you know, he doesn't get into too many jams at all because there's hardly anybody on base. But, um, you know, uh, he, he is throwing uh, a cutter that reaches 97. And if you can make your fastball move at 97, I mean that you've got to be kidding me. Um, and he's got he's got all five pitches going. Um, and so right now, if you if you said one on our team, he's the one, and he's he's pitching tonight. In case you want to tune in, I do want to tune in. So when Council came up with his out of spring training first home first 
seven games of the season, where did Burns fit in in the rotation? One, two, number or two, number, number two. two. Brandon Woodruff is is uh, he's got a uh, a year close to two years of major league success up on Burns. Burns only emerged last year during the uh, the two month stretch. Um, I mean, to the he made a jump from being bad to trying to figure it out to being elite in a pretty short window of time. But he, but he always had the potential to, to, I mean, a lot of, I talked to a lot of scouts and this is, this is the beauty about baseball. You get to talk to a lot of different people who are nameless and faceless because sometimes you can't remember who they all are when they bounce around from 30 ballparks. And when, when this guy Corbin Burns was struggling, um, they, they were saying, you know, I don't know if they're using him the right way. I don't know if he's being stubborn. Um, but this guy has everything to be a Cy Young Award winner. And, and it wasn't just by, oh, we think he does. They were emphatic about it. They said, when this guy finds himself, he is going to be the best pitcher in baseball. And, and my gosh, he, he has emerged as the best pitcher in baseball right now. So... It's interesting. Was he, was he in the bullpen a couple of years ago? Was that... he, he started in the bullpen. He's been targeted to be a starter, and he made his major league debut in the bullpen, and then they let him start a little bit, but that didn't work out. Then he had better numbers out of the bullpen during their 2018 uh, playoff run, I believe, 2018 or 2019. And then – no, it was 2018. And then in 2019, they put him in the rotation to start the year – uh, that Woodruff, uh, Wood, Woodruff, Burns, Freddie Peralta, the, the guys that are in there now, and and only Woodruff emerged out of that to be successful. The other guys struggled out of the gate. So, um, so then he went back to the bullpen, and then then they tried to use him as a starter, and he just he just couldn't find himself. And um, but you know what? Some guys some guys go off on their own, and that's what he did. Uh, during the offseason after 2019, went off on his own, got his mind straight, and, how, and however, you know, people can do that. And um, he's mentally as tough to beat as he is, you know, on the mound. So, oh, Vaseline. No, I'm just kidding. Peralta, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peralta faced the Cubs every game. He'd, he'd be the Cy Young winner. I mean, they can't, yeah. they've never been able to hit the guy. Well, that's I, but that's my whole point now because we played nine games and <clears throat> and we I think we have I think our first three guys or four guys in rotation have, have faced the Cubs three times already. So now so it's time for up, somebody else. You beat up on Hendricks. You beat up on Zach Davies a couple times, and uh, you know they are what they are. The Cubs don't have a leadoff hitter. Half is horrible. They don't have a stopper at all. I mean, you guys have three stoppers when you're all healthy maybe four yeah the four guys that can go out and every day give you a game yeah the cubs, the cubs have guys that pitch slower than the bp guys and so they're not gonna you know if they're not getting the calls you know if, if hendricks gets squeezed even if arietta if they get squeezed forget it but um we've dwelled on the cubs pathetic nature they haven't had a leadoff guy since Dexter Fowler back to the Cubs. I said we'd get off of him. Um, 
Joe Madden, I'm a little surprised the Angels are only 500. I'm a little surprised that the uh, A's, you know, look like crap, as I predicted, and then they run off 11 out of 12. The Red Sox, As I predicted. The, as you predicted, yeah. Let's revisit that later. And I told you the A's would win that division. I think you're – right now you're leading the month. They've only been playing three weeks. And we'll get back to that because I still think that the leader of that division, I don't know, the Angels. I keep betting on Joe Madden. Joe, you're letting me down. How about the Red Sox get swept at home by the Orioles and then they go on to lead? Yeah. And the what's great is the Yankees just are pathetic. Isn't that weird? <laughs> That's what's great about baseball. If if you if you could give me two and a half hour games, I'd I'd be you know, I'd be excited. I'd be happy. But the other thing I think I might do is just leave after two hours. You know, fifth inning, two-hour time, bye, I'm out of here. Or go in the fifth inning. That's so strategy, man. I wanted to run that by you. What do you think? So you could do – so you could go – you could do – well, you could do one of two things. You could, you could go four or five innings and then go home and watch another game. Because right. all the other games are still going to be on. I'll play golf. True. Or you could play golf and go in the fifth inning and, and hope the game is close and the Brewers don't knock them out in the ninth inning of a one nothing game. Or I could research where they're playing a doubleheader and then I could go watch two games for two hours apiece and be happy. You know, oh, you'd be really happy then, for sure. Hard. Yeah. As, as we pointed out, two hours and ten minutes for a 7 inning no-hitter. Bingo. When do you cut off beer sales of a seven-inning doubleheader, by the way, when beer usually gets cut off after seven innings of a nine-inning game? Well, that's an excellent question. We, See, we need to figure this stuff out. These are, these are the issues that will keep our listeners coming back, my friend. Now, the Royals had no vendors walking around, and the Cubs have one or two. And because of you, I was in the press box, so I didn't look at what the peons were doing for, you know, quenching. Them. I don't know what that, that's a good question. Maybe they don't have, I don't know if they have roving. Well, I never looked. I used they to probably don't at Miller Park way back when, and the cutoff was the seventh inning. They didn't cut off until seven minutes before the ninth inning ended. I mean, those guys were, you know, and then they had the, uh, the rule that, and not a lot of baseball fans know all these rules, but the beer vendors could, sell through the eighth inning if they had started with a case of beer in the seventh inning. So they could yeah. sell until they're done with that case. Not everybody knows that nor really cares about that. But well it's good it's good if the if the vendor is uh has a nice thirsty crowd and he's smart enough to get all the way downstairs and get himself reloaded with a case of beer with with a one out left in the sixth. Here we go. Got two cases. Last question. I know you've got to work. I've got a. I don't have anything to do. I could do this all day, but probably. Uh, how's Euchre doing? How's that? Good. Good. He's doing great. I'll, I'll see him tonight. I haven't seen him for a while. He he does the home games only, and um, I've been doing some some of the so-called road games because we do all our broadcasts out of uh, uh, out of the ballpark for that. Right. So, um, but no, he's. 
I've heard a lot of his calls. He's sounding strong. Uh, I've talked to him a couple of times up in the press box. He's he's as witty as ever. He's he's 87 beautiful years old, man, and still doing what he loves. God love him. Uh, you did say next time I come up and you're not working, we'll go hang with you for a little while. So I can't wait for that. Are you got, are you on the play-by-play in the next month or two or the schedule? I have one enough? game at the very end of May. Uh, and then I think I have basically a game or two a month uh, yeah. the rest of the way. So I'll tell you, I still, you know, you're play-by-play, you, you, you do the game. Dwayne stands play-by-play. He does the game. A lot of these TV guys, well, the picture will tell the story. I can talk about what I know about baseball, and I know he's your good friend, but I still do not like the Cubs Marquee Sports Network with Shrimp Scampi. But I, I'd love to go drink a beer with him and you whenever. Oh, yeah. Of wine when, well, they're all, they're all good guys. When you can, he looks like a great guy, and Deshae's a great guy, but, you know, Tom Hamilton. If you, I don't, you probably don't listen because you're working all the time. I listen to Hamilton the other God, he's good. He's so excited at the right time. And Always. He talks baseball. You know, he doesn't talk yeah. about what the guy did, uh, you know, yesterday in a tulip garden. So that's you know, it. Tom, Tom is a big Wisconsin guy. Did you know that? He was born in uh, Waterloo. Not. No. Yeah. Right out. Well, let's see. A little east of Madison, a little town. And, um, I did a lot of Big Ten uh, basketball and football many moons ago, and he also, uh, I don't think he does any anymore either, but he did them at the same time, and we'd cross paths, and there couldn't have been a nicer guy. Uh, Not just the fact that because we were from Wisconsin, had nothing to do with it. It's just because of the person that he is, and always willing to help, always willing to share stories, always willing to laugh um and and just be a good friend right right out of the gates and stuff so you you can't beat guys like that and i i don't get to listen to his his everyday play by play but he is on every time uh cleveland's got something big going and i'm watching the highlights on on mlb channel they use his they use his call because he is one of the best ever he totally is he's so prepared i mean when he when nothing was with him i mean his preparation is great so uh, there's another guy to get together with. And then uh, not only Euchre, when we go spend a day with Euchre, which I can't wait to do, and I'm glad you told me, maybe two days. I can't remember what you said. But then New Glara. So, you know, I'm if I was going to handicap, I'd say we're more likely to go to New Glarus and less likely to go spend a week with Euchre. But maybe, you know, maybe an inning with Euchre would be – anyway. Go to it's work. Good that you, it's good that you dummied it down to one inning because we're really stretching that out. <laughs> All right, buddy. I will see you soon because it's always fun. And uh, thanks again. And uh, your check's in the mail. Um, I'll be looking for it, man. Believe me. I, I hope it's next day mail. <laughs> it, probably FedEx. We'll see how that goes. All right, buddy. Be good. So there you have it, folks. I'm going to wrap it up. I think Craig has departed. If he hasn't, he'll hear this. That was another great hour of fun with Craig. What a great guy. What a good friend. And what a great contributor contributor to On the Long Side of Baseball. So for Craig Kashan, Jamie Retzke here in beautiful Kansas City where it's too windy to go play golf. All I can say is watch some baseball. Tune in to Corbin Burns tonight. I'm going to watch that game. And uh, have a good week. And we will be back 
after another week of baseball, and uh, we will see uh, where the Cubs are with their pathetic hitting, where the Brewers are with their great pitching. So that's it. We're on the lighter side of baseball. Be good. Mm-hmm.